Anyway, today when we hear the second reading, if we really let it, if we listen to the first reading, first of all, we'd all be depressed, right? It's like, I have no hope. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, so we'll skip that. We're going to go to the <laughs> second reading. And when we go to the second reading, it's talking about how to be a disciple of Jesus. What does this look like? And Paul says to do that, he had to become a what to all? A slave to all. And so it becomes, it goes back to, if you will, when he's talking in Philippians 2. Now, you all know and you all have memorized Philippians chapter 2, right? It says your attitude must be that of Christ, right? And then it says thinking that other people are more important than you. Tell that to a bunch of men who run things. Other people, you have to think, are more important than you. And then it says your attitude must be that of Christ. Though he was in the form of God, Jesus did not deem equality with God something to be grasped at. Rather, he emptied himself and took the form of a slave. So, Christ became a slave to us. And then Paul says, we, I, must become a slave to others. And what that means, of course, is that we're putting other people's needs before us. We're always other-centered. To me, I don't care how holy a person looks, if they spend all these hours saying rosaries and kneeling before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, if they are not generous and other-centered, they're still going to hell because they haven't learned that it isn't about looking at Jesus and saying, look how nice he is and all the things he did. But it's about imitating him. And it's more than just imitating him because Jesus isn't like a divine uh, cheerleader who's come, come on, you can do this, you can do that. Ah, you messed up there. I'm really disappointed in you. Jesus is where? Here. I no longer live. Jesus lives inside of me. So the purpose of all of our lives is to let Jesus live. There's one question everybody asks you and me, sir or ma'am. I would like to see Jesus. And our job is to show people Jesus, right? And that means that we become a slave to them, that we do everything, we meet them. You know, as Paul says today, I became all things to all men or all people, so at least save some of them. So Paul had one purpose, to do God's will, as we talked about yesterday. And what is God's will? That all men be saved and come to the knowledge of his truth. So what am I doing to help save other people? If you go, oh, no, Father, it's hard enough for me to get there. That's all. That doesn't count. Like, if you were to drop dead right now, bang, you have a heart attack and die right there in a gentle way. And then you stand before God, and he asks you, okay, where are your brothers and sisters? Did you bring anybody with you? And you go, oh, no, I don't know. I, I didn't bring anybody with me. I'm just glad I'm here. <laughs> it's going to be like, oh, wrong answer, Right? Because if you sit there and think about in your own life, and nobody here, I'm just talking about other people who aren't here right now. They're listening to this on the, uh, the thing. But if I ask you, how many people have you brought to the devil? Oh, well, no one, Father. Really? So if you told a dirty joke, you're saying, come here. I want you to know who I'm following now. Satan? Here. Huh? Or if you sin with them or you do all these things, you're inviting people to know the evil one. Because we're not doing God's will, so come follow me, because I'm not doing God's will. So if you think about your life and you think about how many people have I brought to G, how many people have I brought to the devil in my life? And this is before our conversion and everything else. Just think about it. And then when your head goes down and think, oh, shut up, Father. You know I hate you. 
I know, I'm an acquired taste, as someone said <laughs> 10 times yesterday. Anyway, but then we go on, and then I ask you, well, how many people have you brought to Jesus Christ? How many people can say, I know Jesus Christ because of, and insert your name there? And so you got to really think about that, because that's our job. It's to bring people to Christ, huh? And we have to do that the way Jesus did it. He said, first of all, he prayed for it. He spent the night in prayer. And so it comes from prayer where we focus on God because I say, I, you know, I, I can't do this stuff, but you can. So Jesus, I give you permission. And that means we always become more concerned about others' salvation than our own. Oh, it drives people crazy, right? A couple years ago, a, a priest called me because I was on, still on the EWTN, my radio show, and he called me and uh, he says, Father, can I take you to task? Well, of course, Father. And he says, uh, I think you're getting soft as you get older. Soft. <laughs> and I sat there and I said, okay. He says, I came to the Catholic faith and I became a priest because of your confession uh, talk, your confession CD. And I said, well, that's great, Father. And he says, but you're just all soft now. You're just all mercy. And he's a, as an aside, he's a father of mercy. But that's all beside the point. <laughs> anyway, so I sat there and I said to him, I says, Father, how long have you been ordained? One year. And Father, have you ever been a pastor? No, I have not. And I says, Father, would you be willing to go to hell if someone else could go to heaven? Absolutely not. No. St. Paul said he would. I, he says, I would hope to be lost if I could just save one of them. Huh? Now, do you think that if you'd be willing to go to hell for someone else to go to heaven, that you'd go to hell? No. So I would, God the Father would look down and say, that's my son who lives inside of her. That's my son who lives inside of him. He came to save other people. Isn't that the greatest thing ever? We all know John 3.16, especially down here in Texas. You know, you have baseball games, you have all the Protestants. John 3.16, which is? God so loved the world that he gave his only son that anyone who believes in him may not die but have eternal life. John 3.16. We like that one. But what's John 3.17? For our good Protestants or ex-Protestants here. John 3.17. For God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but to save. save it. And yet, we followers of Jesus are always condemning everything, right? We are the most offended of all people. One of my favorite books is called Unoffendable by Brant Hansen. And this Unoffendable book, after I read it, it was a punch in the stomach every page. I was like, I hate this guy, I hate this guy, I hate this guy. Because it talks about Jesus Christ was the most unoffendable person ever. He wasn't offended by people in their sins. He wasn't offended by the woman caught in adultery. He wasn't offended by Zacchaeus. He wasn't offended. He went out of their way and met them where they are so he could bring them to salvation. He wasn't offended by you when you were in deep sin. And I think everybody here has been in deep sin at least once in your life. He wasn't offended by you. He died for you to save you. So what does that mean for us? We've got to meet people where they are 
become a slave to them, which means we die for them, to save them. And so one of the very practical things is I tell people about how to do this on a daily basis is the first thing you and I got to do is have a prayer list where we pray for those we know that don't know Jesus. Huh? And again, start with your enemies, not your family members, would you? Because everybody wants their sons and daughters to be saved. But that person who hurt me 20 years ago, I can't stand and hope they go to hell forever. Not that anybody here would think that. But those people you really don't think are those abortionists or whatever you, whatever you think, the worst person in the world in your mind. Some of you will be the president. There you go. Hey, I got that one. Yeah, that one. That's who you start praying for. I really don't like you, Father. I know. Why? This is what Jesus did. And we got to stop playing games where we share and say, well, what it is to be a Christian is to be a good American. That has nothing to do with it. Being a Christian, Canadian maybe, being a good Christian <laughs> means that we're letting Jesus live his life through us. That's what it is to be a Christian. It's not about following a bunch of rules because you can say your prayers every day and follow all the commandments and still be an atheist. Is that true? Yes, I promise you it is. Just because you're following rules doesn't make you squat. Just because you live in a garage doesn't make you a car, correct? You can go to church every week, doesn't make you a follower of Jesus. Being a follower of Jesus is I no longer live. Jesus lives inside of me. That's what we're called to. Boom. See, Jesus was trying to em emphasize that. So Jesus is about letting him live his life. So we have a point. So every day I pray for people. And I pray on this list for people who don't know God. Because when you and I pray for people, huh, we become a magnifying glass. Now, this is a very rare occurrence for me, but the sun is out. In Erie, Pennsylvania, we get the sun about five days a year. But the sun is out here, right? And so if you go out in the sun and you take a magnifying glass and you put it out in the sun, well, the Rays of the sun go through that magnifying glass and sets up something on fire, correct? The magnifying glass doesn't do it. The rays of the sun do it. God's grace is everywhere, people. But when we pray for people, we become a spiritual magnifying glass. And God's grace, when we place ourselves over people or situations, the grace of God, it's all God, the grace of God goes through us and sets people on fire and if we really want to go next level we fast and if we fast for them we're cleaning the magnifying glass again it's all god's power we're just directing his power towards a situation or a person that's why prayer is more important than breathing it just is prayer is much more important than breathing it keeps you alive forever the second thing you got to do to bring people to jesus and you got to do this in order you got to love them and you love them as you are Huh? You don't love them. Like, again, I told the guys yesterday, Jesus did not tiptoe through the tulips, right? A lot of people didn't like him. A lot of people. That's why they killed him. You know, you, I think Christ would not be accepted in most of our churches because he would tell us to love immigrants and do this. And ah, I will not. How dare you? Yeah. As long as Jesus, you agree with Jesus, you'll follow him. But as soon as he tells you something different, you're all pedoed and you're going to do it your way. And as we've talked about last year, I know I've talked about this and I know I talked about it yesterday. The theme song of everybody in hell is? 
I did it my way. So if you follow Christianity your way, there's not much hope. You're a disciple of Jesus Christ. You live to do Jesus. If you're a slave, you don't have any say in the matter. Is that true? Yes, Father. Or, no, I don't agree with you at all, Father. I'll continue to follow Jesus the way I do. Well, that's nice, but make sure you know that you're following an idol. You're not following Jesus Christ. So the second thing we do is we love people, and we got to love them where they are. So that doesn't mean when people come before you say, are you worthy of my love? Let me see. Do you fit all my little boxes? Because if you do, then I'll love you. But if you don't agree with me on important things, if you're another um, political party, if you don't see things the way I see, not worthy of love. We love people because every single person is loved by God. Correct? Isn't it amazing that God so loved the world <laughs> that he gave his only son? We think we got to hate the world. We got to love the people of the world and hate the things of the world. Too many people, when they become Christian, love the things of the world and not the people of the world. Do we love people where they are? And again, it's not easy. I'm, not, I'm just preaching it. I'm not, and I, every time I preach, it's because God kicked me in the stomach this morning when I was praying. And he says, now I want you to go do this to the other ones. Okay, Jesus, thank you. And so the second thing is we pray for them. Third thing is we tell them. And we don't tell them the rules of the church. We witness to them what Jesus has done for me. So could you tell somebody, this is what Jesus did for me. This is the way I was. And this is the way I am because of Jesus. Jesus met me in my sin and he set me free from my sin. I was a slave to sin instead of being a slave to God. And now I no longer live. Jesus lives inside of me. When you and I witness to others, we will bring them to Christ. And it'll be a fantastic thing. So today, it's one of those challenging things from the readings. Because it calls us to be slaves, and we don't like to be slaves. It calls us to be more concerned about other people and their salvation than ourselves and our salvation. It calls us to be very different. That's what Jesus was very different. He was love incarnate. We must be love incarnate. You got it? You get it?